Good morning. And welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I have a couple announcements for us. One of them is this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Uh, that's the beginning of Lent. And please know that you're invited. Join us. We're actually going to be doing our Ash Wednesday service in the Fellowship Hall. Simply because we share this space with a couple choirs and one of them wants to sing in here. And so I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to decorate it all pretty. And uh, I actually love Lent. I, I just, it flows into my character. And I had grown up in a church that didn't really celebrate Lent. It was just a Bible church. And so when I became a Presbyterian, I love this piece where we start preparing ourselves. We start thinking about why we're here. And there's nothing like somebody putting on your forehead a cross and ashes and saying, from dust you have come, to dust you shall return. So I, I invite you, if you've never been a part of Lent or never really worshipped and observed Lent, jump on in. The water's warm and nice. Um, and then the following weeks, March 4th, we're doing Lenten Quiet Nights. That's going to be headed up by Don Beard, and we've done it the last couple years. And that's at 530. It's 5. 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. Everybody's got to hit the gas pedal if you're at work, okay? <laughs> and we're doing, we're going through two, there's two Lent devotionals, and one of them is for us adults, and that's Henry Nowen, and then, or Henri Nowen, and then the other one is a family one, and Malia and I said, this thing is amazing. Carrie, well done on picking this. We're going to do a Lenten family nights, and so we're going to be leading a little devotional thing for any families, and you bring your kids and the kids will be tearing paint off the wall or whatever they'll be doing. But then we'll join the Lenten Quiet Nights for soup afterwards. So they'll both, there'll be two things, you know, the Quiet Nights over in room five, and then the Family Nights somewhere else. We haven't figured it out. But notice, it starts on March 4th, the only day of the year that is a sentence and a command. March 4th, <laughs> you know, may the 4th be with you has nothing on March 4th. That's God's original March 4th. Okay. Jason? Yes, Don Beard? Sign up for each in the office, and Malia and I will be in Fellowship Hall with the sign-up football. Did everybody hear that? There's a sign-up in the office for each just so we know how many people are coming in so that we have enough soup and bread. And Malia and Don will be in Fellowship Hall directly after the service if you have any questions about that or want to get involved in leading it or whatever you want. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. He's ahead of the curve. Please stand for this morning's call to worship. Well done, Peter. Well done. Leading the, leading the charge. Psalm 81, 
says, sing aloud to God, for he is our strength. Shout for joy. Shout for joy. Let me pray. God, I pray that as we open our mouths and sing these words, you would hear this tiny outpost of your kingdom shouting for joy for what you've done in our lives. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. Children, forward, please. Hey, <laughs> it's good to be with you. 
And if someone could pass out these, you will find that you have a map of Africa in your hands. And on this map, I have marked two countries, Tanzania and Kenya. And you can take these home and color them in for those who like to color, or you high schoolers, I challenge you to take that map and see how many countries you can write in the names for them without looking at a map. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to be here. And I, I just want to share with you, most of you know that I lived in Africa for a long time. This is Africa. Africa is a continent, not a country. And um, I had a wonderful time while I was there serving the Lord. But I wanted to share with you one experience I had. I hadn't been in Africa very long. And the family I was living with, there were five of them, three children and myself. And I was their teacher. They couldn't go to English school where we were at. We were up in the desert. In fact, I, we were up in the desert, and I often saw these camels walking by because they were a camel people. And their, their language was Gabra. And um, what do you think's happening there? Well, this is moving day. The things on top of the camels in the background there are their houses, the sticks and the hides and such. And they lived in houses that they could move. They were called um, nomads. They moved their place like every couple of years. They didn't move every day, but every couple of years. And they put their houses on the camels and moved on. But I remember a time when we went, when, right after we had arrived, that we heard about a special event that was going to take place in, um, just near us. So we canceled school, and the whole family and I went to um, this special event, and we thought this is going to be a great opportunity to get to know people, to talk to them, be friends with them, and they us. And um, it's the best way to share Christ with people is to become friends with them first. So we were looking forward to it. So we arrived at the place. There are about 200 people sitting under trees in the shade waiting for the government officer to come and talk to them. And um, they, we were immediately met by some of the people, and they escorted us off to a little room with a table and chairs enough for um, the six of us to sit. And they said, sit and wait. So we sat. And we waited, and we waited, and we waited, until this lady opens the door and walks in, and she had a tray about this big. And it could hold, it could feed approximately 25 people, but this food was for us. Um, on that food was a big pile of rice, and on the rice was, was meat. Hmm, okay, they put it down, we looked at it. It weren't wings or legs or thighs, but we had intestines, hearts, livers, just piled high, not just a piece here and there, piled high, and we were expected to eat this food, and not to eat it, and not to finish it would been a, have been disrespectful, but we started eating it as best we could. Of course, the kids didn't eat much, and but we kept eating and eating, and we moved the food around to make it look like we'd eaten more than we had, and we, we tried everything. But that's not the kind of food your parents would cook for a guest coming to their home, would it be? 
<laughs> Not normally your parents wouldn't be doing that. But we knew in the culture, these people had given us their most prized parts of the animal. We knew that they would rather have been eating that, but they gave it to us. Um, and we were thankful that we knew, we knew them well enough, knew the culture well enough that we um, weren't offended by that. But they would, been, would have been offended if we hadn't eaten their food. So I had many, many adventures, but I wasn't there for the adventure. I was there to share Christ with them. And the way I went, I went as a teacher so the parents could then translate the Bible into this language because this language group did not have a Bible to read. Um, and God says that we are, in Matthew 28, excuse me, he says, um, Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. That means go and teach them about me. Go tell them. And it continues and says, Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do everything I have told you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. So I have one question for you guys. Whether you're eight months old, or however old she is, or whether um, you are in high school. Have you ever asked God where he wants you to go once you are finished with your education? Even a, a young'un, a parent can start praying and asking God to give your child a heart for going wherever God leads you. You can start now. And in high school, that's when I started praying, saying, God, I really want to serve you. I want to serve you with all of my heart, and it doesn't matter. I, you know, where do you want me to go? Sometimes he says, stay. Take your job, but reach those people in your job. Or he might say, hey, I want you to go to South America, or I want you to go here. But open your heart now. Make it pliable so that you hear God's call on your life. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this group of kids and young people. I thank you that they are learning about you here in this church, your church. And I pray that they would become open to just praying constantly that they would be serving you in whatever way you lead them. And that in the future, when they finish their education, that you, they would have hearts to hear where you are leading them. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. We're going to sing this first song, Everlasting God. It says in Isaiah that those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So let's sing this to him and thank him that he is our strength. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord.
We come before God, not as despised sinners, but as beloved children. With the confidence of children of God, let us now humbly confess our sin. Might almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Forgive those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to the world. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Please stand. May be seated.
That is excellent. What a good day, right? We're um, in January. We studied John chapter one, and we ended that with a call for all of us to be covered in the dust of our rabbi. Amy, she gets extra points today. Uh, covered in the dust of our rabbi, that is Jesus the Christ. And then in February, we've been in Matthew chapter five, Sermon on the Mount, and. Somebody said that it's not in the announcements that we're doing an Ash Wednesday service, and it isn't, but it's on that calendar. There's a, there's a reason why we print thousands of words every week. It's, it's somewhere. And so Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday at 7 p.m. The service will be held in there, and we'll be studying Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus is teaching on fasting. But I think it's really important to remember that Jesus, the gospel of, Jesus himself is the gospel. Amen. But Jesus also proclaimed a gospel. The good news according to Jesus was that the kingdom of God is here. And we've been talking about how it's here but not yet. And about how the understanding was there was a time that it was going to happen. Let's pretend it's this wall. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom triumphant, would roll in and be one day, and it would go for all of eternity in that direction. But Jesus says it's different. It's different. It's here but not yet. And he says, if you put me on the throne of your life and make me your king, you can enter into the kingdom of God anywhere you're at. And, we have, and he invites us to have an inbreaking of the kingdom of God. And he says, and he moves straight into us. And he brings that line forward and says, this is how we get covered in the dust of our rabbi. And this is how we enter into the kingdom triumphant now. And then we'll, we'll, it'll go forever once we hit that wall. It is still an event where it's, it's still got that not yet. There's a reason why this world kind of stinks. It's because that not yet isn't here yet. Okay. Everybody following that? Good. That's good. It, it would be easier if everybody showed up every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. There's... Just a, just a hint, just a hint, because then we can get some traction. But I, I, no guilt, nothing but grace here, but I love you. And, but, so that's where we're at. And um, he's talked about the rules of the kingdom of God are upside down. It's the meek that are powerful. It's the, it's the brokenhearted that are in control, that, that the heroes. It's, uh, when I was a kid, I had a favorite choir member. And I think I've told you this story, but I would collect bulletins, and I would especially love the ones where he would do the offertory or where he would do. He was a real theatrical guy. He was one of those guys that went, you know what I mean? Jesus. You know, I guess it was awesome. Anyway, this small town outside of uh, Boston. But that's kind of the, the, when we're in this place, and, and this place isn't really this place. The place is the people, right? When we're in this kingdom realm, those are the heroes. 
You know, the people doing it day in and day out, those are the heroes, the meek, the ones that the world's kind of trampling over. Those are the heroes. And then he's, he starts talking about how, and this was the call of last week, is we need a heart transplant. How do you become more righteous than a Pharisee? You, go, you, you get a heart transplant. You change your, the reason, not what you're doing, but the why. Why are you doing everything changes, and it's radical. And so he goes on the, this litany of saying, you've heard it said, it's bad to steal. I say, don't even, you want to have me the king of your life so much so that your heart, you don't even want other people's things. You've heard it said it's not good. You know, it's bad to sleep around, sleep outside of marriage. I, I want to go deeper than that. I want a heart transplant so that you don't lust. You look at people and things the way that they were designed to be, and you love. And he ends this, you've heard it said, with what we're preaching on today, or what we're studying today. He says this. This is Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43. You've heard that it was said... You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Take this in sections. He says, you've heard it said that you're supposed to love those people that love you and you hate your enemy. And he says, pray for those who persecute you. First, I looked it up, enemy. Enemy is Latin for not friend. That's not very helpful to me. Anyway, <laughs> so... I think we need to quote Zach De La Roca once again, the singer-songwriter behind the song uh, Know Your Enemy, a band uh, from Orange County called Rage Against the Machine. He has this song. He says, know your enemy. Know your enemy. And even though he's, he's speaking out of rage, I think we need to sit and take a second and think of people that you view as not your friend. People that annoy you. People that just go against everything you believe. People that are a different political background than you. And have those people in your mind as he starts talking about this, he says, so I think step one is to realize we do have enemies. 
And like every, uh, like uh, John Huffman used to always say, I like to think, because he was over at St. Andrews, and he would say every once in a while, I think the SA doesn't stand for St. Andrews, it says. It stands for Sinners Anonymous. <laughs> and the first step in any anonymous group is it, admit you have a problem. Admit you, you have enemies. You have people that in your life that you, you don't like or they don't like you. And Jesus, he, 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 like I said, he, when he, 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 he makes us squirm a little bit. And so if you feel uncomfortable, so do I. And that's right where we're, we're supposed to be. So name, name that person in your head, like, or persons. Um, and then he just, he says a truth, and he's, he's going to come back to it. And he says, for the children, if you want to be children of the Father, you're going to love your enemies. Children of the Father. And we'll come back to that because he kind of comes back to this. Um, but note, in our prayer of confession, Sharon said, we don't come to God as reviled enemies. We come as beloved children. That's key. That's a key idea to, to latch on to as you hear the words of Jesus in this inbreaking of the kingdom and being co- covered in the dust of our rabbi and the kingdom of God being amongst us. There's an idea that the goal isn't to win. The, the goal is to understand the truth that you're a child of the king. You're a child of the father. You're a little boy, you're a little girl when it comes to God's idea of you. And then he says this truth. He says, notice, the Father, the God, God makes it rain. He, he causes the sun to rise and the sun to set on, in rain and not rain on the evil, on the, on the righteous and the unrighteous, the same. First truth, what's this, J. Vernon McGee used to always say, you may have a better way, but you don't have your own universe. <laughs> Notice, who makes the sunrise? Who makes the sunset? Who makes it rain? God. You may have a better way, but you don't have your own universe. And then the, there's a Christian rock band that came out of Orange County called Stavesaker, and they have a song about this. Uh, you shower blessings on the righteous and the wicked. I don't know what that means sometimes or something like that. He says, but I know that covers me. The first truth that you should settle in on that, as he says, oh, I said second, because, you know, it's God's universe. This, the second truth is, this is You are covered. Whether you see yourself as righteous or unrighteous, whether you see yourself as walking away from God or towards God, God is covering, it covers you. 
There's no run. You can run in every direction for all of eternity, but still God is bigger than that, and he's coming down, and he, he's covered you. Let that sink in to your, your bones, into your soul. And the second, or the third part of that is we're covered and we're the same. You ever seen, into spaghetti westerns? You ever seen those Clint Eastwood movies that he went over in, in the film in Italy to save a buck? My favorite, all time favorite, is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Anybody seen that movie? I got this placard my dad gave me of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. If anybody's seen the movie, the main point of the movie is that we're all good, we're all bad, and we're all ugly. That's the truth that's behind that movie. And the, 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 the climax point of it, or like the, the, the depth part of it, is the, the good and the ugly have teamed up. And the good, it keeps, like, uh, the ugly keeps getting hung by a noose. You know, and they were, they, he brings them in, gets the reward, and then as he's about to like, get hung, the good shoots the rope from afar. You know? And you're like, oh, wow, that guy's a good shot. You know? And that's Clint Eastwood, and that's pretty cool. And then, um, <laughs> and then they, they go, they're traveling together, and they're in the middle of this desert. And the ugly's still got a noose around his neck, and he's tied. And he says, I think uh, you, you should give me more of the money because I'm the one that's about to die. And the good says, well, I don't think we're going to get as much money anymore because your reward is kind of, like, peaked. So I think this is where we part ways. And the ugly goes, uh, what? And he says, and the good says, I'll keep the money, you keep the rope. <laughs> and then in Ricky Maricone, wah, and the good goes right next to Clint Eastwood's face. And you realize there is no good. We're all fallen, un, un, un unworthy of the Father's adoration. Why do bad things happen to good people? The answer, there are no good people. This truth, Jesus is centering around this, and he's saying, you need to love your enemy those unfriends of yours, those people that are against you, and pray for them? Because if you're going to have an inbreaking of the kingdom, you're going to have a total heart transplant, you're going to start to understand the truth. The first part, you are absolutely adored by God the Father. Anybody who's a parent has a shadow of, of an inkling of what that's like. Who in here has ever been kicked in the shin 
by your child. Right? Uh, maybe I'm the only one. Okay. I'm the bad parent in the Okay. I don't believe that. It was, when was it? Oh, it was, it was not even me, but my, my daughter was just kicking my little brother in the shin just because she, she was trying to do that thing where you kick somebody's foot and it goes forward. Have you ever done that? Never mind. I'll teach you all to do that. There will be a, a class after school. Uh, but she just keeps kicking the kid in the shin because he, he doesn't know what she does. And then I, Andrew turns and he just wraps his loving arm around the, my daughter. That's my little brother. And I, I, you get a picture of that's just a, like a sliver like how much God loves us. And how much worse than we, have we done kicking the Heavenly Father's shins. Like we've run in the wrong direction for years of our lives. We've made tons of poor decisions. But he's still just nothing but love, nothing but grace, nothing but mercy, raining down on the righteous and the wicked. And then the inbreaking of the kingdom, you start to see the people that are your enemy or the people that are not your friends or against you as children just like you. Randy, make it too easy. You're right here. We were in Haiti. We're digging in polio water. That's what he called it. <laughs> we were, it was right after the hurricane hit. And then we were talking about just people that bugged us because we had been up for 24 hours, and that's what you do when you've been up for 24 hours. And then Randy Spear sounds like John Wayne. And I just mentioned somebody. And Randy goes, well, Jesus died for him too. Jesus absolutely adores that person that you thought of earlier in the service. The same love that he has for you is for that person. The call for the inbreaking of the kingdom is to love as you've been loved. And then he caps it off with this statement. He says, you are to be holy like the Father in heaven is holy. What does he mean by that? You are to look as members of Jesus' kingdom. We have Jesus on the throne of our lives, and we're listening to his marching orders above everybody else, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, I absolutely adore you. I absolutely adore you. I came and I died for you. I took care of every one of your sins. I made you into a child of God. I've made it so you're adopted into my father's family. You look to your right and you look to your left, and if you're in this kingdom with Jesus on the throne of your life, you see the people to your right and the people to your left the same. The same. He absolutely adores them. How dare you talk? I, I had a, 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 we were in therapy. Well, I've been in therapy or whatever like that. Um, anybody been to the therapist? I'm in therapy, and every once in a while I have this negative self-talk. And it's, it, we won't get into a therapy session, but I don't know. It, there's probably people in here that are similar to me. Every once in a while, you hear these voices. You're kind of stupid. You don't know what you're doing. And my therapist said, 
Whenever you start to hear that voice, you do a reality check. And you reality check it with other people that love you. Once again, the phone. Is it the same phone? Okay. (laughs) I don't even remember what I was saying. What was I saying? A reality check. There it is. You guys are listening. Good job. Yeah. You do a reality check. And you understand. And after a while, you'll say, no, that's not real. And my therapist would say, picture me entering in the room and saying, get out of here. I don't like you talking to my friend like that. That's God. We have negative self-talk to the person to our right or left, and we're talking, we're talking bad about one of his kids. Who, who, like, who has more than one child? Is there anything more frustrating than children not liking each other? Right? That's at the heart. That's the heart of it, man. That's what God's feeling as we're walking around thinking, I'm better than him, I'm better than her, she's better than me. We're doing all this comparison stuff. He says, knock it off, kids. I'm going to pull over the car, you dummies. He doesn't say dummies. But he says, we're getting out until, and you're not getting back into this car until you understand you're of the same family. I absolutely adore your brother and your sister the same. How do we apply this? I think first, we need to spend a lot more time in that truth that we are children of God. I don't know how thick-headed, I don't know how we're so thick-headed, but I know that I'm the same way. We need to somehow make it a part of our daily routine To ask for approval from our Heavenly Father, which we always get in this word. And we need to name our enemies. Admit we have a problem. Admit we have, we have people that we see as against us or we're against. Write their names down. Pray for them. Pray that God would transform your eyes and give you another heart transplant that you might see the beauty of your, your brothers and sisters going through life with you. Let's all stand and sing. And we're going to sing, I Surrender All.
seated. As we're singing that right after that message, um, I remember there's Tony Campolo. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's got a sermon that it's about tithing and uh, how tithing is kind of an Old Testament idea, and this is more of the Jesus idea. And he says, picture... I surrender 10%. Anyway, <laughs> it, makes, it, makes me, it makes it so, like, they kind of, those ideas mesh in my mind. I don't know about you and I, uh, if we're the same way. But the way this fits in the service is Jesus talks about a total heart transplant, total changing of everything. And I said his number one thing he talks about is his kingdom of God. What's his number two? Money. So this is the time of the service. I'm not saying put everything you own in the, wall, in, the, <laughs> in the offering plates. I'm saying this is part of the service where we evaluate that also. That comes on the table. Are you prioritizing what you're doing and your love of money and your love of God? Are they in the right order? And is, is your king getting your first and foremost, Jesus? And money comes into play, time comes into play, your attitude, your heart, your life is on the table right now and we're talking about it. And so this is part of the service where we give back to God just a portion of what he's given to us. And it's also a time where we reflect are we being good stewards with all that God has given us. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
may be seated. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Shall we pray together? Holy and merciful God, we thank you for the small amount of rain yesterday that nourished our parched land. Thank you for this beautiful overcast morning where the sun is desperately trying to peek through. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we reflect on the beauty and new life beginning to bloom all around us, we are reminded of who you are. You, O Lord, are faithful, and your love and care for us never fails. You, O Lord, make all things new. Forgive us, Lord, for being so busy that we miss out on the many ways that you reveal yourself to us. And forgive us for being so consumed and mindful of our own lives that we miss the many needs of those around us. We turn our hearts and minds now to those many needs and to the things in your world that are not as they ought to be. We pray for your peace over the escalating tension in Syria and for your provision for the rising number of refugees fleeing their hometowns with nowhere to go as Turkey has closed their borders. We pray for the families and the many children of Syria who face an unknown future and are desperate for safety. Lord, have mercy. We also pray for our world leaders who are making decisions on behalf of so many of these vulnerable people. Please give them wisdom and discernment and deep compassion, we pray. We pray for your healing and your mercy on all infected with the coronavirus. Lord, stem the spread of this infectious disease in China and across the borders into other countries. Give wisdom to the doctors and scientists as they tirelessly continue to search for antidotes. Lord, we continue to pray for the upcoming elections in our country and ask for your intervention in preventing any cyber interference in the results. We pray for the opportunity to have our voices heard above any outside opinions, including corporations, PACs, special interests. We remember President Lincoln's immortal words, our nation under God shall have a birth of freedom, that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from earth. May it be so. Father God, we pray for our city and our city officials as they navigate often complex issues. Give them compassion and wisdom. We pray, too, regarding the controversy and concern over the transfer of 50 persons infected with the coronavirus to Fairview Developmental Center. We pray for careful deliberation, excellent care for the patients, and safety for our community. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around us. We lift up Sylvia Smith and John M. and pray for your mercy and grace on each. May they feel our continued prayers.
we silently lift up the prayers of those close to our hearts this morning. And we continue praying in the way that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue in our worship, please stand for our hymn of commitment. sin that includes your enemies God's grace is bigger than your enemies sins um, make sure I would love to see everybody here on Wednesday at 7pm Ash Wednesday service so know you're invited it's going to be over there in the fellowship hall and if you want to be a part of Lenten quiet nights make sure you grab Don ask him any questions you want 
family quiet nights, ask my wife, Malia, for now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.